This edition of Outcasting will begin in a few moments. Like all public radio stations, WDFH depends on financial support from our listeners. Please visit WDFH.org and click on Donate to make your tax-deductible gift. Shows like this can't be done without your support. Thanks, and now, Outcasting. The spirit of New York State has been one of being open and progressive and one that celebrates diversity and is accepting and is a place that talented people from all over the world, certainly all over the country, look to New York as the place to go if you want to have a chance to make it. This is Outcasting, the Lower Hudson River Valley's only youth-run radio show dealing with LGBTQ struggles, triumphs, and lifestyles, where you don't have to be queer to be here. Outcasting is a production of Westchester Public Radio, WDFH-FM 90.3 in Ossining, New York, and on the net at WDFH.org. Hi, I'm Lester. On this edition of Outcasting, we are joined by New York State Assemblyman Richard Gottfried. Assemblyman Gottfried introduced the first marriage equality bill in New York in 2003. He was a co-sponsor of the marriage equality bill that was eventually enacted in New York in 2011. Assemblyman Gottfried has now introduced GENDA, the Gender Expression Non-Discrimination Act, in the New York State Assembly. According to the website of the Empire State Pride Agenda, an organization that advocates for LGBT equality and justice, current New York State law makes it illegal to discriminate on the basis of age, race, creed, national origin, sexual orientation, sex, and other categories in the areas of employment, housing, public accommodations, education, and credit. Gender would extend these protections to include gender identity and expression. It would also add gender identity and expression to New York's hate crimes law. In this episode, David will discuss what this transgender civil rights bill means for New Yorkers with Assemblyman Gottfried. We are joined by Richard Gottfried, who represents residents of Assembly District 75 in Manhattan in the New York State Assembly. Assemblyman Gottfried is known for the HIV testing and confidentiality law. In addition to his service in the State Assembly, he is a fellow at the New York Academy of Medicine and a member of the American Public Health Association the New York Civil Liberties Union, the Association of the Bar of the City of New York, the Art Students League, and the China Institute. Assemblyman Gottfried introduced the first marriage equality bill in the Assembly in 2003 and was a co-sponsor of the bill that brought marriage equality to New York in 2011. Now he is sponsoring GENDA, the Gender Expression Non-Discrimination Act. Assemblyman Gottfried, thank you so much for joining us. Uh Uh-huh. First of all, what is GENDA? GENDA stands for Gender Expression Non-Discrimination Act, and essentially what it is is the, uh, the Transgender Civil Rights Bill. It would add being transgender to the things that get you protected against discrimination. Many people have long assumed that being transgender, which is to say seeing yourself as being of a gender other than the one that your physical characteristics showed when you were born, 
many people have felt that transgender was just another version of being lesbian or gay. I think many people have come to understand over the years that that is not the case and that therefore the uh, the Sexual Orientation Non-Discrimination Act that was enacted in law in New York uh, 10 years ago or so does not protect transgender New Yorkers. Why do you think there is so much discrimination against transgender people? Well, to most people, being transgender is something that they may have rarely or maybe never encountered. It's to most people, foreign to their experience. It deals with sexuality and certainly in America, but I think probably all over the world, people get very nervous and touchy when sexuality is the is at issue. And so when people are feel uncomfortable or weird about somebody because of a, a sexuality-related issue, uh, that can become very intense. We've talked about transgender issues before in outcasting, so let's not spend too much time on this. But what does the term transgender mean to you as a legislator? Well, it means somebody who believes or feels themselves to be of a different gender from what their you know, chromosomes or... Uh, or physical biology would tell you. Uh, so, for example, someone who was identified at birth as being female, uh, who considers herself uh, to be male, you know, is a to me a, a transgender person. Now, that person might go through hormonal therapy or or surgery, or might not, but they would still be covered by the term transgender. Someone who was born female who finds herself attracted to other females uh, sexually would be called lesbian or gay. Uh, somebody who, though, was, let's say, born male and identifies as female might, at that point, find, you know, be, be sexually attracted to males and would then consider herself to be heterosexual or could conceivably be attracted to uh, females who and might then consider herself not only to be transgender but lesbian. And so transgender on the one hand and lesbian, gay, or, or, or straight on the other hand are two different sets of issues or phenomena. It's like whether... You know, some people are left-handed or right-handed. Some people are tall or short. You can be any combination of the two. What kinds of challenges do you think transgender individuals face, particularly transgender youth? Well, a lot. Uh, there is certainly a lot of discrimination, a lot of uh, antagonism, sometimes physical threats or violence. Uh, lack of understanding or acceptance often from family members or friends. I think less so than it used to be, transgender people often find that they are, or were in the past, often 
not accepted or valued by some of the lesbian and gay community. And you still occasionally see that. And that was, of course, a, you know, I, I think for many people a very distressing uh, kind of discrimination. How do you think gender might help them meet those challenges? Well, people have argued for decades whether it was about the about racial equality, civil rights legislation, or the gay rights bill, etc. People have always argued whether changing the law changes people's behavior or changes what's in their hearts. I believe that it really does. I think it matters to people's attitudes what they think society accepts. And if society through law says discriminating against transgender people is wrong, then I think in some cases quickly, but in more cases over time, people will come to accept that. Also, people's outward behavior gets affected by law, and that at least will protect people from many degrees of discrimination. But also, I think when we change our behavior, that also feeds back and changes what's in our hearts. And so... I have always believed that civil rights legislation really does make a difference. What inspired you to sponsor Agenda? From you know, almost childhood, I've been somebody who has always been very uncomfortable with discrimination and you know the mistreatment of people. Perhaps because of the community that I represent. Uh, Chelsea and Hell's Kitchen and the Upper West Side have been large parts of my district for many, many, many years. I've always been much more, I guess, exposed to and involved with people in the in the LGBT communities. And for a long time, like most people, it never occurred to me that the gay rights bill didn't protect the transgender community, but towards the end of the struggle to enact the gay rights bill in New York, I guess starting in the late 90s, people in the transgender community made a, an increasingly uh, compelling case that passing the gay civil rights bill was not going to affect their problem. And as that became clear to me as a as an intellectual or a legal idea, it became very clear that uh, that there ought to be legislation. And you know, in early discussions with advocates in the in the transgender community, they were eager to have me introducing the bill. I, I think in part because of my long relationship with many people in the community. And you know their confidence that I was a a a strong and sincere friend, and also the fact that uh, even ten years ago I was one of the most senior members of the state assembly, and that that would help give the bill uh, some added support. Whenever we hear about a bill for sexual orientation or transgender relating to those topics, mm-hmm. 
there's always at least one person who says this bill gives special rights to those people. Right. Would Genda create those kinds of so-called special rights for transgender people? It would not. And, you know, that's been a phony argument. You're right. It gets, it, it was raised in the 50s and 60s about laws against racial discrimination. It was raised against the, uh, the gay rights bill and the Equal Rights Amendment, quote unquote, for women. And that argument has never held water. Uh, all it says is that people have the same rights to use public accommodations or to apply for a job or, or to live uh, in a home. The same rights, whether they are black or white or any other racial group, or whether they are gay or straight, whether they are male or female, and in the case of gender, whether they identify uh, with the sexual identity they were born with or, or differently. Someone who identifies male, who was born with male uh, genes and plumbing, gets to use the male uh, restroom, and somebody who was male but was born uh, female under the bill would get to use the men's room. And so transgender people would have exactly the same rights as, quote-unquote, straight people. But you're right, that argument is raised all the time. I think some of the people who raise that argument actually raise it sincerely, but I think most of the time it's used uh, just as an attack argument by people who really know better. How do you think gender could reduce discrimination against transgender people, even in areas beyond the direct reach of the law? Well, if you, if you change behavior, and if you send out the message through law that society believes that transgender people should be treated with respect and equality like anyone else, I believe those those messages really reach people's hearts and minds. And so that even in areas that are not affected by the law, areas like, you know, who you should be friends with, how you should feel about people, I think it genuinely affects behavior and feelings and thoughts in those areas as well. I think the vast majority of Americans are today much more open to socializing with people of a different race, uh, whites with blacks, etc., than they were in the 1950s. And I think that is very largely thanks to the fact that the law has spoken with a different voice for the last 50 or 60 years. I think that voice really sinks in and has a real effect. We're talking with Richard Gottfried about GENDA, the Gender Expression Non-Discrimination Act. Mr. Gottfried represents the 75th Assembly District in the New York State Assembly. You introduced the first marriage equality bill in the Assembly in 2003 and co-sponsored the bill that eventually passed in 2011. Do you see your work on GENDA as an outgrowth of your work to promote greater equality among residents of New York? 
I would say both issues, my support for marriage and my support for gender, develop from the same set of uh, feelings and concerns. Uh, uh, you know, I had been a believer in legally recognizing same-sex marriage for, for many years before I put the bill in. I, I don't remember how far back I first came to understand that concept. And what took me a number of years to put the bill in was for many years a feeling that that an LGBT legislator ought to be carrying the bill. I think a lot of people in the LGBT community felt the same way, but that wasn't happening. Also, for a number of years, a lot of many leaders in the LGBT community were urging that no marriage bill be introduced because they were concerned that it would create a backlash, that it would interfere with the passage of the Civil Rights Bill, uh, which was at that point on the verge of becoming of passing and becoming law. And there came a point in around 2002 uh, when I just said to myself, I, I can't accept this anymore. And when the, the people in the marriage equality organization came to me for the umpteenth time and said, would you be willing to put the bill in? I finally couldn't say no anymore, and that's how the bill came about. Do you think that gender faces greater opposition than marriage equality? Well, uh, yes and no. Uh, gender has passed the state assembly several times now with probably about the same vote that the marriage bill was getting. Of course, it has not passed the state senate, even though marriage ultimately did. I think the the level of support and opposition is probably about the same. The institution of marriage to uh, to many people creates a bigger set of concerns than than the transgender bill does. Uh, but on, on the other hand, there are probably people who are accepting of same-sex marriage who still have a hard time dealing with the notion of, of transgender people. So I think the levels of support and opposition are probably about the same, and supporters of one tend to overlap with being supporters of the other, but not 100%. What kinds of arguments have you heard against gender? Really, the only argument that anyone has ever made, at least within my hearing, uh, is that bad people will take advantage of the law to, uh, you know, to do bad things. That, that people who aren't really transgender will claim to be so that they can go into public restrooms and, you know, misbehave. That's about the closest thing to a to an argument that I've that I've heard at least in recent years, and it does make the debate kind of tiresome because fifteen or twenty people will stand up one after another, year after year, uh, basically all of them giving the same speech, and it's particularly tiresome not only because of the repetition but because I think it's an argument that has absolutely no connection to reality.
Why is Genda good for New York? It's good for New York for a couple of reasons. One, transgender people are New Yorkers. And if they are protected from discrimination and violence and hate crimes and have more opportunity to live up to their full potential as human beings, when one group of New Yorkers has that kind of opportunity, you know, that's better for all New Yorkers. Uh, secondly, you know, the whole spirit of New York State from the day the Dutch arrived in the, in the early 1600s, the spirit of New York State has been one of being open and progressive and one that celebrates uh, diversity and is accepting and is a place that talented people from all over the world uh, and certainly all over the country look to New York as the place to go if you want to have a chance to make it. That's really good for New York. We have benefited enormously from the fact that talented people all over the planet want to come to New York. When New York passed the, the gay rights bill, when New York passed the, the marriage bill, when almost 60 years ago New York passed uh, racial civil rights laws, all of those things helped to, uh, to polish the image of New York as the place to come if you want a fair shot at making your way in the world. And that's, that's really good for New York. You previously mentioned that gender-type laws already exist in a few places, like in the city of New York and Suffolk County, for example. Mm -hmm. Would you say these places are better off with laws like gender already enacted? Yes, I think so. I think just as it would, for the same reasons it would benefit the state as a whole, I think People may not, around the country, may not know that Rochester, New York, has passed transgender legislation, but I'll bet there are people in the transgender community in Ohio or Kansas who know that there are communities in New York that have stood up on their behalf. And I have no doubt that there are talented people who have chosen to invest their talent in Rochester or Albany or Suffolk County on Long Island or New York City because they know that it is it is a community that is open to them. So, yeah, I think the localities that have adopted gender laws, the corporations, and there are a, a long list of major companies that have enacted corporate policies of non-discrimination, I think they have all benefited from that, as well as I think their leadership sleeps better at night knowing that they have done the right thing. If gender is passed, what will be the next step for transgender rights? If it passes, then I, I think the next step, as with all civil rights legislation, will be following up to make sure it is implemented and, and obeyed uh, to the fullest. I know... Here in New York City, even though we've had a transgender law on the books for a number of years now, uh, there are still instances of discrimination, uh, fewer and fewer. And when those happen, 
people in the transgender community and their friends and supporters uh, have a legal basis for, you know, writing letters to uh, to the company saying, you know, you're you're violating the law, or writing letters to. Uh, remember one year uh, there was an instance of a woman who was a longtime maintenance worker at Grand Central Station, who all of a sudden was being hassled, who was transgender was being hassled about uh, the fact that she was quite properly using the women's washroom. And there were transit authority uh, officials who were giving her a hard time. And it was very good that I and a lot of other people were able to write letters to the transit authority and, and to the management at Grand Central saying, hey, you're not allowed to do this. And they stopped. And so... You know, a law like this does not change hearts and minds and lives overnight just by itself. It takes effort to get compliance. How long do you think it will be until we see gender-type laws enacted into federal law? Uh, I really don't know. I, I, as with an enormous number of issues, the... The political climate in Washington is is really ugly, and there are large numbers of people on the Republican side of the aisle, particularly the so-called Tea Party folks, who find it in their hearts to argue that the civil rights legislation, the racial equality legislation of the 1960s, uh, was wrong. So to expect that Folks like that would would pass either sexual orientation non-discrimination or gender expression non-discrimination legislation is hard to understand. And, and so that is one reason why it is so important to enact legislation like that in cities and states across the nation because the climate in Washington is at this point so reactionary and, and ugly. Do you have any parting thoughts? I think as New Yorkers come to understand that transgender people are not protected by the law of protecting lesbian and, and gay New Yorkers and straight people, uh, I think as people understand that, people come to realize that that, that adding transgender New Yorkers to the law uh, is just the sensible and, and right thing to do. And I think that's why support for the bill has been growing year after year and why I think it's probably just a matter of, uh, of, of a year or two before it finally becomes law. We've been talking with Richard Gottfried, who represents residents of Assembly District 75 in Manhattan, in the New York State Assembly. Assemblyman Gottfried is known for the HIV testing and confidentiality law. In addition to his service in the State Assembly, he is a fellow at the New York Academy of Medicine and a member of the American Public Health Association, the New York Civil Liberties Union, the Association of the Bar of the City of New York, the Art Students League, and the China Institute. Assemblyman Gottfried introduced the first marriage equality bill in the Assembly in 2003 and was a co-sponsor of the bill that brought marriage equality to New York 
in 2011. Now he is sponsoring Genda, the Gender Expression Non-Discrimination Act. Assemblyman Gottfried, thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to help get the word out. That's it for this edition of Outcasting, the Lower Hudson River Valley's only youth-run radio show dealing with LGBTQ struggles, triumphs, and lifestyles, where you don't have to be queer to be here. Outcasting is a production of Westchester Public Radio, WDFH-FM 90.3 in Austining, New York, and on the net at WDFH.org. The Outcasting team includes youth participants Chris, Josh, George, Maddie, Nicole, Sydney, Travis, and me, Lester. Our executive producer is Mark Sophus. For more information on this program and a list of resources, visit us at wdfh.org and click on Outcasting. I'm Lester. Thank you for joining us, and see you next time. If you enjoyed this program, please make a tax-deductible gift to WDFH. We can't do programs like this without your support. Visit WDFH.org and click on Donate. Thanks. Thanks.